Welcome to the Canine PT Academy podcast. Business lessons for canine rehabilitation therapists. Introducing your host, Dr. Francisco Maya. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Canine PT Academy podcast, Business Lessons for Canine Rehabilitation Therapists. Today, we're going to be talking about one of my absolute favorite topics, selling. Yes, there is selling in healthcare, and we need to first start by changing our mindset around the word selling and understanding that selling is actually a good thing. We're not selling broken used cars. We're not selling snake oil. What we're doing in the field of canine rehabilitation is selling something truly meaningful to people that makes a difference both for them and their pets' lives. So it's very important for us to start being okay with the word selling and understanding that, yes, there is selling in the field of canine rehabilitation. But... Before we actually dive deep into it, let me just remind all of you that we're going to be actually discussing this topic, uh, also along with marketing and growing the business and canine rehabilitation in much more depth next Saturday, September 10th at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We'll now be hosting a completely free training on how to charge more and be more profitable in canine rehabilitation. Some folks have reached out to me and asked me if this training is going to be similar to a training that I did earlier this year in April. And although some parts of it will look familiar, I am going to be discussing some of those topics in much more depth than I did at that point in time, including this topic of selling and also to keep up with some of the current economic um let's put it issues or something that you know we're going through uh, in the United States and to a large extent in the world right now. We're also going to be talking about how to build a canine rehabilitation business that is recession-proof. I thought that that would be super relevant to cover that more um, as just folks I've noticed have been wondering about it and folks have been asking me about, you know, uh, it, it, how a recession, how would the economy, you know, affect the field of canine rehabilitation. So I thought it would be super relevant to talk about that during that training as well, especially since we are in the middle of a shift in terms of people's spending habits and disposable income compared to what has been over the last couple of years. And canine rehabilitation business owners are starting to wonder how that could potentially affect their business in the near future. So please go ahead and save the date for September 10th and follow the link on our website or show notes to sign up for this training. The link is k9ptacademy.com slash money hyphen talk. And I hope to see every one of you join us live. But if you already have plans for that day, you can also register for the training and we'll be sure to send you a replay afterwards. But let's go back to today's topic and let's talk about selling, okay? And uh, those who might know me already or maybe who have been following me for a little while might know that I can get very passionate when I talk about this topic. And I think it's primarily because I see it handicapping so many of us, including myself, back in the beginnings of the Canine PT as a business in 2017. So you might notice that if, if the tone of my voice goes up, if the level of my energy goes up, it's because of that. It's because I do get very passionate about this topic. And 
Early this year, what I've noticed is that this topic kept popping up more and more in different forums online, uh, especially as at that point in time, if we look back, you know, back in like February, March or so, you know, the price of gas was starting to go up, uh, you know, inflation was starting to go up, cost of goods was starting to go up, which was already leading towards many canine rehab business owners realizing that they needed it at that point in time to finally adjust their rates, adjust their fees. And some folks, I remember some folks even even uh, admitting themselves that they hadn't raised their fees in two, three, sometimes even more years. You know, and that's crazy to think that we haven't adjusted our fees in years and years. You know, and and there's a lot of reasons, kind of like beyond because of why that happens but at that point in time i did uh, a full hour and a half training to my incubator students which the incubator is my mastermind program for those who work with me on a regular monthly basis and we did a one hour and a half training covering the top mistakes that i have seen folks in our field making when it comes to selling so what i did for today's podcast i picked the most important ones out of those 10 and i'm going to be sharing those with you okay and i think we have let me see yeah we have five so about half of them so we have five main reasons why uh, uh i have seen folks really struggle with selling in healthcare or not just healthcare in this case like canine rehabilitation but of course it does apply to healthcare so the first reason is due to a lack of understanding that our clinical skills and the certificates that we got along with that do not matter as much as we think they do. So let me explain what I mean by that. Those things are important for us, of course. We want to be the best clinician that we can. Those things, you know, we, we should strive to become the best clinician that, that we absolutely can. But if you put yourself from the perspective of the consumer, those things are only important to validate a decision that the consumer has already made. In this case, to so either see you or don't see you. Okay, clinically, you can be the best canine rehabilitation therapist in your city, but what what good would those clinical skills do if people are just seeing you for two to three sessions and then falling off? because you're not able to sell them on a full rehab program. What good are the clinical skills if folks are taking the pass to see you for an evaluation, but not scheduling any follow-ups afterwards because you are unable to sell them on the importance of starting and continuing with a program? So not even talking about the financial commitment to it at this point, just them committing to understanding how important the program is to help their pets okay and your goal should not be to solely get more and more clinical skills like i said those are important but instead we need to also focus on how we're going to put those skills that you already have in hands into maximum use and notice that i'm not saying that you shouldn't strive to become the best clinician that you can but instead, I'm asking you to spend the same amount of time that you do in learning a new tre treatment technique in also learning how you can sell that to your client base. But if you look around, you notice that that it's not what most clinicians tend to think. And for even me, for a fact, that wasn't how I used to think it before either, especially when I came out of school. 
and there's always a lot of chatter uh, uh, around, you know, uh, uh, things like people saying like, oh, once I get more experience, then I'm going to raise my rates. Or, or once I get this extra certification done, then I'm going to be able to charge this much more. But we got to understand that none of those extra courses and certifications actually teach anything about how to sell all those things that you're learning to the clients. So we need to make sure that we're balancing them out and not only learning the new clinical skills that are gonna make us a better clinician, but also learn how to educate the pet owner and how to sell them all those things and on how we can help them. So that was the number one reason. The second reason, the second mistake that I see folks uh, uh, um, struggling to sell in the field of canine rehabilitation is a lack of positioning or preeminence, okay? So let me explain what I mean by that. Position is about what you stand for, is about what truly makes you different and how well you communicate that to your target audience. Preeminence is what people believe to be true about you before they even call you or your clinic. That's preeminence, meaning that what is the message that your marketing and your website, for example, is portraying to them about you or your clinic? Or what are they reading online when they read reviews about your business? With both of those, you are allowing patients to choose you because they like you and what you stand for because they connect with you and your message along with how you can help them with the solution to their problem instead of focusing on what you do. Meaning we're not selling canine rehabilitation or veterinary physiotherapy or whatever you call it where you're from. We're not selling underwater treadmill, laser, or whatever other modality of treatment you are providing. It's also not about friendly services or experienced staff, nor it is about, you know, treating your patients like hours, like that kind of stuff that if you really start paying attention, like a lot of people in our business tend to, 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 to plaster all over their websites. Those are expectations, and those are actually minimum requirements for anyone in the service industry, including ourselves. We gotta understand we are in the service industry. But how do we achieve that? How do we go beyond selling canine rehabilitation or any of those things? We do so, we do so through real marketing. And we talked a, uh, a bit about it during episode three of this podcast, which was titled The Future of Marketing in Canine Rehabilitation. But we tend to believe that marketing is just about getting new leads, but most clinic owners fail to understand that real marketing is about attracting the right leads while at the same time building up their knowledge on what they know about you and how you can help them. Real marketing is about understanding who your perfect patient truly is and crafting a marketing message that promises to solve their specific problems while positioning you as the expert who they need to be seeing. That's what real marketing is about. And if you do this consistently, then over time, the message is going to resonate more and more with your target audience. But most importantly, it's going to resonate with the people who truly want to work with you. And everyone 
tends to try to sell themselves as a jack of all trades. I made that same mistake in the very beginning of my business too. But what I've learned is that I had to position myself as the authority in solving a very specific problem. The problem that my target audience was looking for the solution. And once I made that shift, once I've realized that difference, that's when my business really, really took off. So that was number two. Number three is a lack of a true sales process during the first call or the intake call or however you call it. So contrary to popular belief, the goal of that initial call is to actually build a relationship with people and show them that you truly care about them. And not just about spitting out your prices, uh, 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 trying to get into details about the services that you provide or the credentials that you have, and expect them at the end of the five-minute conversation to go ahead and book an evaluation with you. Like this one thing alone might be the main reason why most clinics will never be able to charge significantly more than what they do right now. Seriously, how many clinics out there can confidently say that they actually listen to those leads, to those people during that initial phone call? And by listening, I mean truly listening. Once again, not spending five minutes just spilling out what you can do for them, but listening, giving them the opportunity to talk uninterrupted, telling you what's going on with their pets. Not only that, but how many clinics can confidently say that they consistently collect basic information during those calls to allow those people to feel listened. And I mean truly basic information like their pet's name, pet's age, what they love to do, what they're missing since they got hurt, and so on. Look, I've done hundreds of these calls myself, more so during the first two years of owning a business when I was uh, the one doing everything. I was the therapist, I was the client manager, I was like, you know, demonstrative person and everything. Like now I have uh, a, a wonderful staff that does a lot of stuff, including uh, a, a client manager whose role is to do these calls, to, you know, to actually get on the phone call and listen to people. And along the years, I've, I have also consulted with clinics and I have listened to recorded phone calls. And I can tell you with certainty that at least 90% of clinics are not even asking people on the phone basic information like their name and contact information for them to be able to follow up with afterwards. And if you actually don't believe that and you own a business, you own a rehab clinic, and you're like, there is no way that that's happening. Maybe go ahead and call your own clinic from an unknown number and see how your staff is actually answering those calls. Now, if you've done your job they, and you have trained them well, then they, 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 they might be doing their job well and they might be collecting that information and they might be following up with people afterwards. And if, if they're doing that, awesome. You're part of the 10%. But what, I, what, what, what you might realize, what you might notice is that maybe they're not doing those things. And a lot of clinic owners I have seen can get really surprised once they are the ones at the end of the line. They're the ones in the seat of the consumer 
and they realized that the experience that they're providing, which they thought it was a top-notch experience, really isn't because of that lack of listening during that initial phone call. And like I said on our previous episode about the future of marketing canine rehabilitation, that lack of customer service might have worked up up until now due to the lack of competition in our field. However, things are quickly changing and they're changing fast as the field of canine rehabilitation exponentially grows and the clinics who can't even listen to folks during that call and do the basic of collecting contact information so they can actually follow up with them afterwards will really struggle moving forward if they're actually not struggling already by now. So that was number three. Number four reason why I see clinics struggling with sales in a field of canine rehabilitation is simply not having a sales or a nurturing system in place. So that ties up to number three a little bit as well, because going back to the goal of that initial call, it is not to book an evaluation right away, but instead to start solidifying that relationship with people and then let the nurturing process take place. Now, will some people be ready to book an evaluation at the end of that initial call? or maybe the next day or so, yes, that will happen. From my experience or so in, 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 in my clinic, that is about 30% of the case. About 30% of people, they're ready to book something right, a, right after the call or maybe the day after once we follow up with them. Another 30% will either ghost us afterwards or we're going to give us a reason on why they don't want to see us you know, maybe they'll say it's because of finances, maybe it would be legit, maybe it won't, but 30% will be ready to move on, 30% will not. Then the nurturing system would actually will help you with the remainder 40% they're sitting right in the middle. And that's where the game is won. Because then if you get half of those converted, you'd be converting at a 50% rate of all of your leads, which would be a very good goal to be at if you have your price fee set up the right way. 50% is good, 60% or so is even better. But 50% is a good number to be at. Because I think I talked about this before too, but if I didn't, let me remind you, it's okay to have a little bit pushback on your price. It's actually healthy. And if you're not having pushback on your price, then that likely means you are undercharging. But you let the nurturing system take place and help you educate people on why they should be paying more to see you. Now, how many clinics even get a potential client's email or phone number to contact them again a few days later? Like I said, most of them don't or contact them a week later or even if needed months later just to check on them. I can tell with confidence and personal experience that very few do. So, once again, putting yourself in the shoes of a potential consumer, of the person who called multiple clinics, but potentially got a little bit of a price shock when they talked to you, how would you feel if we continue to nurture that relationship with you while other clinics never even bother to ask 
anything about you or your pet? How would you feel if they never even asked your pet's name or a way to contact you back if needed it? Would you feel like they were actually listening to you? Or would you feel like you were just another person at the end of the line? So please start keeping those things in mind. And that's why it is vital to master the basics. At the very, very, very beginning, we got to master the basics. And even when you grow the business, that's how you're going to grow, grow the business. Most people think that success is going to come from a bunch of complicated things, advanced business knowledge, marketing strategies, whatever it is, but most of it is going to come from mastering the basics. And in this case, it's about mastering the basics on selling, on that initial phone call, on your nurturing program, your nurturing system. And you don't need a fancy nurturing system with complicated email automations and all the bells and whistles and this and that. What you need is to simply find a way to stay in touch with people. Some of that might be uh, automatic automated emails, you know, because that will help you save you time. That will help you educate people in an automated way. So I highly recommend doing that if you're not. But we really don't need to complicate this process at all. We just need to find ways to stay in contact and connect with people, showing that you truly care about them and their pets. That's what it is about. And the fifth and last reason on why I see folks struggling with selling the field of canine rehabilitation then is a lack of a true sales process during the evaluation itself. And what we got to understand is even if people got to the point where they're sitting in the exam room across from us, just because they book an evaluation, it does not mean that they have a bot into you or your clinic. Yes, all of that stuff that comes before helps with, with that. The marketing, the first intake call, the nurturing process, everything is going to help with that process of them buying into you. However, the canine rehab therapist, the clinician, still needs to be able to convert that evaluation into a paying customer who is actually going to return for more sessions after the initial evaluation and, of course, ideally fully complete their plan of care without doing one or two visits and then falling off the face of the earth. So how do we do that? Hopefully, by now, you realize that it won't be by talking about your fancy equipment or all the letters behind your name. We do that by actually listening to them and continuing to build on the relationship that started back when they read your website, when they read your reviews, meaning your position in your preeminence that we talked a little bit earlier, and started to flourish that relationship, started to flourish once they spoke with someone on the phone from your clinic who actually showed empathy to their problems. As canine rehab therapists, once they are in the exam room with us, then the best thing we can do is actually listen to what they have to say. And this may sound very, very, very basic, but we tend to not do that. We tend to speak over people instead of just letting them talk and us listening to it. 
you know, growing up, my dad used to tell me that we have uh, a two years and a mouth for a reason. Right? You know what I mean? Like, we have to listen. We have to ask more questions. We have to acknowledge that you understand them and show them how you can help them achieve what they want. It is important also to speak their language during the evaluation and walk them through your thought process as that is taking place rather than waiting at the very end to just word vomit a bunch of stuff at them, a bunch of information at them. And even more so when we word vomit just a bunch of scientific jargon, a bunch of stuff that they just simply don't even understand what it means and what it can do for their dog. If you never heard this before, then please take notes. Selling is a transfer of energy, a transfer of trust, a transfer of clarity, and a transfer of confidence. And all of those four things need to take place for someone to understand the value that you bring to them and the process for them to understand that starts way before they're sitting in the exam room in front of you. So if you're finding yourself right now wanting to learn more about this and wanting to maybe understand this a little bit better, then once again, please go ahead and join us for the live training September 10th on how to charge more and be more profitable in canine rehabilitation. I'm telling you that this training will absolutely change the way you approach your business in canine rehab in a very positive way. And I know that because of all the canine rehab therapists I have already helped along the way by helping them implement all of these things, all of the systems into their business. And, you know, people who know me knows that I, I really don't hold things back and this training would not be any different. So I hope to see you all that Saturday. And in the meantime, don't hesitate to reach out if you have any questions about the training or selling or anything in general. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to another episode of the K9 PT Academy podcast, Business Lessons for K9 Rehabilitation Therapist. If you enjoyed what we had to say, please make sure to share or subscribe to our podcast or even leave us a review. You can also email us at hello at k9ptacademy.com. That's hello at k9ptacademy.com with any questions or suggestions. And go to k9ptacademy.com to find more resources and content, including our fee calculator spreadsheet, which is absolutely free and will help you determine how much you should be charging for your sessions. Because let's face it, determining what we should be charging is one of the biggest struggles we have as business owners in the canine rehabilitation field. You can also find all of that information and more under the show notes. Finally, I would just like to add a disclaimer that any of my thoughts and opinions expressed in this podcast are mine and mine alone, and in no way reflect the opinion or position of any other organization or company I may be associated with. Thank you for listening, and remember, if you're not having fun and enjoying life or running your business, then what's the point in doing so? So please go ahead and start having some fun.